Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show right here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. Coming up on the program today, you know what? Before I tell you that, let me give you the most important thing we're probably going to say on the show for the next two hours. Monday is the deadline. I'm sorry. I tricked you, didn't I? It's Sunday. See? Can I go to prison for that? We're going to find out. I mean, you go to prison these days, can't you, be it for putting up a meme, joking about what election day was? If your name is Ricky Vaughn, is, wasn't that guy's name, or his Twitter handle anyway, right? So do I, do I go to prison for trying to trick the audience on when Mother's Day was? Which I really didn't do. I just misspoke, but then tried to turn it around and make it look like I tricked them on purpose. But really, I just screwed up. No? You know, I... Th- Joe Boo is angry, my friend. Here's what here, here here's the answer to the question. You're, are you a Democrat? No? Then yes, you absolutely. Uh, you may. You can go to prison. You bet. That's pretty much the answer to everything. All right. So Sunday is the day. All right. Don't blow it. All right. Go to our friends at books.com right now. Books, short for bouquets. B-O-U-Q-S. B-O-U-Q-S. And you can get mom. They're outstanding flowers there that are cut farm fresh so they last way longer a huge selection of unique designs that you won't find on the other sites that are out there all right so uh, mother mother's day don't blow it mom deserves it take care of it now you ignored me for the last few days today's thursday the week is ending don't ignore me today all right uh, go to books.com b-o-u-q-s books.com and use the promo code steve for 20 percent off at books.com promo code steve for 20 percent off at books.com all right now that we have the most important announcement of the show out of the way, here's what's coming up on the show today. Three non-political questions later, we'll have a guest for Theology Thursday. Jonathan Kahn will join us, the author of the new book, The New Gods. We will talk to him about that. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to get into what's going on. The travesty at the border, Mark Meckler at Convention of States. He's a Texas resident. Just hosted a rally, actually, uh, to try to encourage the state of Texas and the feds to do their damn jobs. We'll get an update from him. But before we get to all of that let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a correction. As you know, yesterday we welcomed GOP presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy on the program to discuss his candidacy and to defend some of his recent comments. During that interview, Ramaswamy went after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, particularly on the issue of Silicon Valley banks collapse and subsequent de facto bailout and accusing DeSantis of staying silent. That is why I was able to criticize the Silicon Valley bailout after the fall of Silicon Valley Bank while Ron DeSantis stayed silent because it's just a fact. I'm not criticizing him. It's just a fact. That is false, and we want to correct that. On at least two occasions, DeSantis did indeed criticize the handling of Silicon Valley Bank, including at this press conference in late March. I mean, think about what they did. For all of 2022, they were hiking rates, taking money out of the economy because there was too much money that had been printed. And so they're doing that. And that obviously causes problems because they didn't do it. uh, They didn't handle it appropriately. But then what have they done in like the last month? They're bailing out banks like Silicon Valley Bank. And so they took money out of the economy 
And they've already printed more money just in the last week or in the last couple weeks. So all that they did for last year and all the problems that caused, uh, they've already erased half of the money that they took out by printing more money. And I can tell you, you know, the Silicon Valley Bank, these were people that were very connected to a lot of the policymakers in Washington. I can tell you if this was some bank in the Midwest that serviced farmers, they would never have bailed it out. So the claim that Ron DeSantis has been silent on the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank and the insinuation that he's somehow bought off by these types of entities uh, country away is false, and we want to make that correction right off the bat. On with the rest of the montage, Donald Trump went to New Hampshire and did a town hall with CNN. Will you pardon the January 6th rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. It's unclear why Trump didn't preemptively pardon Jay Sixers, and he was not asked that. Trump also was not asked about lockdowns nor his self-proclaimed signature accomplishment, Operation Warp Speed. Ex-Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski is joining a pro-Ramaswamy super PAC. According to Politico, Lewandowski is joining the opposing super PAC with Trump's blessing. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis signed one of the nation's toughest, if not the toughest, anti-illegal immigration bills into law yesterday. Uh, what the bill does is a number of different things. Uh, uh, this makes Florida the largest state in the country uh, to do full E-Verify for employment. And that's important because if people are going to come if they get benefits. And so what you want to do is say there's not benefits for coming illegally. Uh, you're either here as a native or you come legally. And those are two, two fine things. But to come across the border and end up getting benefits in Florida, you know, does not make sense. So we already have, it's already against the law for someone to be employed if they're here illegally, uh, but the E-Verify provides a way to make sure that that's enforceable. So we think that that's something that's going to make a big, big difference. Speaking of, Congressman Hank Johnson said the quiet part out loud regarding illegal immigration during a hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday. Those folk who are coming across are the ones who are helping to put food on our table. Without them, we're not able to eat. If you if you turn them away, if if all of them were uh, turned away and then you this legislation passed, making it easier to get at people who are already here legally and you have no immigration, then we would have no food on our plates. We would have no nobody taking care of uh, the building, the construction of our uh, homes. We would have nobody cleaning up in the hospitals, uh, you know. Honest work. Check out this headline from the Associated Press. Trans minors protected from parents under Washington law. Senator Dianne Feinstein made her return to Capitol Hill yesterday after a bout with shingles. The woman has held her seat for 30 years and will turn 90 years old in June. And finally, if you want to know how to defeat any leftist ideology, at least rhetorically, just ask questions. This is a rando lefty commentator who joined Tim Pool's show recently in order to make the case in favor of baby killing. Not what about this. meth? Uh, like, should she be allowed to do meth? Yeah. Uh, I think if someone is doing meth while they're pregnant, that it is completely acceptable for something like, uh, I don't know what the name of the service is in the United States. Child for, services? I guess child, like child services would be, oh, yeah. well, it's her body though. Yeah, it's her body. If she wants to do meth, what's the big deal? Uh, the big deal is that it's, she's intentionally trying to kill a child. Hold on there a minute. Yeah, and I see where we're going. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And that's what happened while we were away. 
Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers. They have returned just in time for the warm weather across the U.S. So my wife took uh, Zoe for a senior trip down to Miami Beach for the weekend. Um, uh, Basically uh, because she wanted to go on that trip with her boyfriend and she needed a chaperone. But you know what? The temperature in Miami is going to be about what it's going to be here today. So the warm weather is here. That's why you want to make sure you get a hold of our friends at Tyga Coolers. They make some of the coolest coolers out there. They can be also customized for personal or corporate gifts or events. Uh, And it's a veteran-owned company made in the USA, employing actual Americans. Uh, They don't have a bunch of other, you know, products or parts from China, like almost every other cooler company does. And they're priced less than a lot of other premium coolers on the market as well. So if you want to go and see what they have to offer, you want to look at the customization uh, options uh, available to you as well, go to taigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A. T-A-I-G-A, TigaCoolers.com, and put in the promo code Steve for 10% off. Promo code Steve for 10% off at TigaCoolers.com, and yes, they come with a lifetime warranty as well. All right, uh, let's get to the montage. Uh, You have a quick thought, Todd, on the correction that Aaron made at the top there? Otherwise, I'll move on. Do you have any thoughts on that? They... All my thoughts are echoes of my previous thoughts that uh, if you if there's never any incentive to punish uh, people for being dishonest, why wouldn't they do it? And I don't know if it's this easy to fact check this. We got to start asking questions why it's so easy for Vivek to say things like this. I do appreciate what he said yesterday about Operation Warp Speed and the jabs, however. And that is a segue to Trump's town hall last night. Again, I, I, I have always tried to practice the most disclosure I can as long as it doesn't violate third-party confidences, you know? And heading into, you know, every Iowa caucus cycle, um, and I, I really thought 2016 was going to be the last one. Uh, I, I thought that the, the party would be smarter. I'm sorry, um, Reconsidering. Uh, I thought the party might finally, uh, like the Democrats, reconsidering having people like me, whom they hate, have such a disproportionate say in their nomination process. But lo and behold, we are here again. Okay. (laughs) All right. With another Iowa caucus cycle. Given the calls I got yesterday, um, the meetings that I know are taking place, um, the caucus cycle is now officially underway. And... um, you know, when I my fir- my very first one going into the media, working in the media, going into it, I I didn't really have a, an agenda. I didn't really, honestly, yet know. I was just learning the amount of influence that could be wielded on that fifty thousand watt blowtorch I used to work at WHO. You know, I I didn't know much about a Mike Huckabee going in. I still can't pronounce the name of the seminary that he graduated from after all these years. Uh, I didn't know almost anything about Mitt Romney. Um, uh, and, and, and other than what he had done in the Olympics. Um, it, in fact, if I maybe did have an agenda, it was to destroy John McCain's Iowa caucus campaign. I mean, he had betrayed us so many times uh, in the Bush years. Remember, he kept forming gangs, right? Well, that was uh, just and, in 2008. He had plenty more to get in yes, in the years afterwards. Yes, uh, he formed uh, many gangs in the George W. Bush presidency. 
that uh, always seemingly uh, stymie George W. Bush when he was going to pretend to do something we actually wanted. Do you remember those years? Yes. Forming many when, gangs. Yes, yes. When we were saving America, him and his uh, parlor boy there, uh, Lindsey Graham Nisty. You remember, right? Okay. That just reminded me of that scene in the first, uh, the, uh, the, the Dark Knight. I'm not wearing hockey pants, you yeah, know, yeah. just a bunch of hockey pant wearing. Yes. Guys. And so, I mean, I just, I spent that first spring on a vendetta to utterly annihilate his Iowa caucus campaign. And frankly, it didn't take nearly as long as I thought. So once that was done, I kind of was just going to move along. And, you know, I got a call from a guy named Greg who would go on to become a good friend of mine from, he was a talk show host at WRKO in Boston. And he said, Hey, what do you know about Mitt Romney, our former governor out here? And I said, other than, you know, he ran the Olympics, I don't know much. And he started sending me stuff, and I'm like, there's no way this is true. It can't be true. Because he's on the cover of National Review and everything else. No, all these people can't poss- that I grew up reading and believing in can't all possibly be lying to me about this. And then I went and did my own research, and I, it was even worse than what he was telling me. You know? This is the famous, if I am wrong about any of this, I and will that, quit my job. And it ultimately led to me saying, hey, if, I am, if, if I've misplayed, if I've edited, if I have done anything to any of these clips that I've been playing for you on this show, I will quit. If anything I've done is, uh, is not honest, if you can bring it to my attention, I'm, I will resign. And no one ever could. But, um, um, you know, so my, in 2008, really, I just wanted to uh, lash out at John McCain's presidential campaign just on a personal vendetta. And, you know. Then I kind of just organically ended up in this whole Mike Huckabee, Mitt Romney nexus. It's I a growth in- industry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't intend to do that. In 2012, I was um, coming out of a non-compete. And so I was able to do some work for Politico and others um, and didn't even really get involved in that cycle at all uh, and, uh, on a candidate level until very late. I think I ended up um, supporting Newt like the final week of the campaign. In 2016, my number one agenda item was we it was finding the conservative candidate that could take a, a win in Iowa and and not peter out the way that Huckabee and Santorum had, but could but could assemble enough of a campaign that they could get all the way to the end and take out Jeb Bush. And so I I vetted all the candidates and we had those discussions on this show. I thought it was also going to be and and by the way, if you're new here and given the growth of our show, this might be all new to you. I mean, I was pretty open about this the entire time. I mean, when we were yes. going through the 2016 process, I let the audience know right from the out, out from the outset. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm, I am going to endorse a candidate very early this time and put everything and every contact and every ne- network I have behind them to try to get uh, a coalition rather than seven conservative candidates split the vote for so Mitt McRae so uh, you know Mitt McCain wins the nomination on us again, and that looked like it was going to be Jeb Bush, of course. You know, um, and I had uh, heavily f- uh, flirted with the idea early on of signing up with Trump and eventually ended up going with Ted Cruz instead. But that that was my number one priority going into that cycle was could we find a conservative candidate that could go all the way to the end against Jeb Bush one on one rather than just kind of be the Santorum Huckabee flash in the pan in Iowa and then maybe win a couple of other places. But eventually the natural laws of politics takes over and you're outgunned and outresourced and um, you're outmanned, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to know right now what is my number one agenda item and priority in this caucus cycle. It is to have a reckoning 
over the near loss of our entire way of life the past few years, courtesy of COVID-19. And there is no close second. That's my number one priority. That's why I've said, personally, I would prefer DeSantis. I think generationally, we need to move on badly, generationally, badly, sorely. That all being said, if Donald Trump is willing to have that reckoning and provide a platform for that, and he ends up running Ron DeSantis over, okay, I don't care. I don't really know Ron DeSantis. I've met him in a hallway at CPAC 10 years ago for 10 minutes. Other than that, I had one 15-minute phone call with him ever, and it was when he called me two weeks ago when I got out of the hospital the first time, which was very kind. But my point being is, I don't have a personal stake in this. I don't. My personal stake is, we're going to have a reckoning. If there, there's one place where I have the influence to have some form of reckoning, and it's right here, and it just so happens to be where the presidential race is going to launch on the right. And so I am going to leverage every resource I have, every connection I have, towards that reckoning. The questions that need to be asked, getting asked. And that is precisely why I don't give a turd with corns in it about last night's Trump town hall on CNN. I don't care. I'm supposed to. It's good for business for me to. The clicks to be generated, yo, are plentiful. I don't care. That's a complete and total nothing burger. It's irrelevant. Curb stomping CNN is like dunking on hobbits. I, I just, I did, honestly, I, I, I was racking my brain this morning. Had I even heard the name Caitlin Collins in my life? I certainly don't know who it is. I have no clue who she is. I guess she was even at Fox. I saw some clips that she was criticizing George Soros on Fox back in the day. So basically, we'll talking point for food, essentially, you know. Um, none of that's relevant. None of it is. It's just a show. It's a reality show. It doesn't solve anything. Um, and I, I don't care. And the reason why, speaking for me personally, Todd and Aaron are grown men, they can have their own opinions. But speaking for me personally, the, the main reason why I come across as pro-DeSantis, despite not knowing him at all, and I am, by the way, despite not knowing him at all, is he is right now, remaining still, the only person in the executive branch of the U.S. government anywhere providing me a platform to have a reckoning over this, whether it's his grand jury, whether it's his policies, uh, even just today, they banned gain of function research in the state of Florida, the first state to ever do this. Whether it's his Department of Health, Joe Latipo. These are all things that Donald Trump can do, though. I, I, CNN is irrelevant. It's an irrelevant platform. It's an irrelevant company. It doesn't matter. Nothing that happened last night matters. It was just all a show. It's irrelevant. The main issues that nearly ended our way of life were never addressed. Why? Because if it was up to CNN, we'd all still be wearing masks and you'd still be putting that poison poke in your infants. 
Now, some of you aren't going to like this. I don't care. You, you go, go somewhere else. Listen to another show that'll tickle your ivories. Start your own podcast, and then you can have your priorities. But since it's called, what's the, there's a sign behind me here. There it is on the other side. What, there's a sign behind me there, Todd. What, what's on that sign? It's your name. Yeah. So guess whose priorities we're going to exercise and put first on the, on the program? The guy named Steve. Yeah, the guy whose name's on the marquee. And if that's too much ego for you, then I'm going to ask you, do you even Donald Trump, bro? Okay. So, yeah, um, it's my show. So we're going to do my priorities. And my priorities are we need to get some answers. I, I already know Donald Trump can dunk on airhead info, babe, from meaningless, destroyed, completely irrelevant network. Fill in blank here. I know that. And I'm not saying, by the way, there isn't value in that. I think there's clearly been value, the value in that demonstrated mm-hmm. politically, but we're at a different phase of culture war now. We're on to a completely different phase. We moved from we control your media narratives to can you breathe air? So new phase, fair? Sure. New phase. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, will we wreck your children's immune system before they are born with the mRNA breast milk you will feed them? Fair? New phase? Or trans them. Yeah, or, or, yeah we're, we're in a new phase here. Yes. We're in a new phase now. All right, we're, uh, Caitlin Collins, whatever the, you know, whatever, what's her nuts, is there an irrelevant figure here on an irrelevant network? Here's the question that needed to be asked last night that never was. Give us some assurance that when the Swamp Hydra goes Operation Valley of Megiddo on you again, you won't show your ass, tuck tail and run, and hand the presidency over to Fauci Burks or whatever the next Swamp Hydra iteration and incarnation of their demonic means happens to be. What lessons have we learned? How do we know that you won't help them end 10,000 small businesses that permanently that will never come back? The hundreds of thousands of still unexplained and not even investigated excess deaths in the country over the last couple of years from your Operation Warp Speed. What lessons have been learned? To go through this exercise and renominate him and not ask those questions is frankly cultic, pathetic, and I hope everybody doing it is getting paid because that would make me feel much better than I'm just that much of an idolater. I completely respect prostitutes. It is, after all, the oldest profession. Idolaters, no respect for. You're just really a Trump slut? At least get paid. At least tell me the check is clear. And if that's the case, man, hate the game, not the player, it's all good. You'll get no pushback from me. I understand. I got, you know... I got total depravity too. But you're just going to slut it up? I mean, this woman, I, I still have this woman on Twitter coming after me who has in her bio that she is vaccine injured and she's comparing me to the Lincoln Project. Hey, sweetie, I'm the one trying to get answers and accountability to the people who did this to you, okay? If anything, you don't deserve me in this show. But since I'm taught to love my neighbor and as I love myself, I'm going to fight for you anyway, even though you clearly don't deserve it and don't want to be fought for. We need answers. This is serious.
This wasn't 10 years ago. It wasn't 20 years ago. It was literally a couple of years ago. And every day you got up and weren't sure you were ever going to be able to go outside with your face uncovered ever again. Your kids were going to go to school ever again. Your job was ever going to open up ever again. You were ever going to take a vacation ever again. You would be able to do anything in this country without taking this poisonous poke ever again. Am I the only one that remembers this? And even if that's the case, I'm going to use every ounce of CO2 and oxygen in this body to make everyone else around me remember it too, down to the last damn listener, all the way out the door. Because that was the worst threat to our way of life we've ever seen in a generation, certainly since the Japs showed up at Pearl Harbor. We nearly lost everything. And no one was punished. And no one was held accountable. And yes, I think they stole the presidency from him. Which means they really stole it from us. But if we're going to run this back. Don't you want to know if the coach knows why you lost the last game? I do. Maybe you don't. Good news for you. There's literally 300 other shows you could watch or listen to that won't ask any of those critical questions and demand you do any adulting at all, but just raise the Cheeto Jesus Saves flag. But on this show, I'm going to treat you like an adult. Some of you may not like that. I don't care. There are family businesses never coming back because of the decisions that were made starting March 16th, 2020, and he made some of them. There are people never coming back because of the decisions made starting March 16th, 2020, and he made some of them. Would I rather have Donald Trump president right now than the Communist Manifesto? I don't know. Would I rather have a giant zit on my face or a bullet in the back of my skull? What the hell kind of question is that? The kinds of questions children asks, idolaters asks. Is that the election we're having right now? Is that the choice we're having right now, Todd? No. no. We're, we're a full year away from that, actually, are we not? Right. So you know what we're going to do on this show for a full year? We're going to have the election we're actually having. That one. And no threats, no complaints, nothing from anybody with a title or a platform or in my inbox or a, a troll will deter me on this. If you thought I was going to doggedly try to end this for three years and then turn around after we finally did and then just ignore that it ever happened and let's just all, let's just all wave the flag, you clearly have never really truly invested in this show. That's not how we roll. We have to know. We're not doing him any favors is he truly prepared for real enemies? Not the latest airhead hydra from a dead, dying carcass of a network. Real enemies. Not the place that gave Don Lemon a paycheck for five years too long. Real enemies. Like Pfizer and Moderna. He gave Moderna billions of dollars. They'd never even successfully brought a product to market. I would argue they still have not.
if you look at the data, they're still over. Does he know? Because they will do this again. And they'll find out if he knows. I'd kind of like to know if he knows before they make us find out. And now is the time. We should be putting every one of these people through the ringer. If you can't beat an 80-year-old dementia patient, then what are we even doing here? No, this is the time to be asking these questions. Don't sit here and tell me, Steve, you're so right about all the demonic influence in the culture. Oh, by the way, we dunked on a CNN airhead last night. Come on, man. What are you, Billy Madison? Went back to the fourth grade, dunking on the little kids there on the nine-foot rim. Get out. We're playing for real stakes here. Cosmic-level stakes. Have you forgotten the loved ones that, that you had that died alone in the nursing homes whose funerals you never got to go to? Your children whose graduations, proms, and weddings you never got to attend. Have you forgotten? Well, I will do everything I can with the platform that this process provides me here in Iowa to make sure as many people as I possibly can will remember. That is my priority in this caucus cycle. And that is my promise to you. More in a moment. Hey, did you hear the big announcement from our friends at Jace Medical? You know, they're the ones that uh, want to make sure that you don't get let's go Brandon with medicines like what they try to do to us with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin which they actually did do to us they literally killed you because they had to so they could then kill you later with the poisonous poke that's why they are taking family preparedness to another level right now at Jace Medical the same company that brought you the Jace case it's now called Jace Daily it's a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12 month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of uh, uh, emergency we'll go with that case of emergency this covers a whole bunch of medications uh, everything that deals with uh, anything from heart health blood pressure mental health cholesterol diabetes and more all right um, get the peace of mind of knowing that you are prepared in your medicine cabinet right now enter the code dace at checkout for a discount on your order when you go to jacemedical.com j-a-s-e j a-s-e jacemedical.com discount code dace at checkout for a discount at jacemedical.com. Let's welcome in friend of the show, Mark Meckler from Convention of States, held a rally recently there in his native Texas about the insanity going on at the border, which is about to become and is becoming, as we speak, even more insane before, because here's the bottom line. We need to human traffic a bunch of brown kids and inject a bunch of opioids into suburban white kids uh, so that corporate America can then use those brown kids' parents for chattel and cheap labor 
and we call that compassion. Uh, that's that's essentially the the policy, the immigration policy of the United States, Mark. Or did I exaggerate there at least a little bit? No, I think you're actually being too nice. And you know, one of the things that drives me crazy is we use the term human trafficking. Let's just call it what it is. It's slavery. We have a massive slave trade in the United States of America. Some of it sexual, some of it just literally labor. And so this is slavery in modern day America. We can be proud of ourselves and pat ourselves on the back for coming out of the uh, Civil War and ending slavery in America. But it is back and it's in full force. And our government broadly is cooperating in it and facilitating it. Then you have, as you described, uh, the fentanyl opioid crisis now killing one person in America every seven minutes. I mean, hundreds of people every single day dying. Our government now complicit in that, essentially participating in that, facilitating it with the cartels. This is the American government against the American people. Hmm. So at the looming expiration of Title 42, you held a rally recently. Tell us about that. Yeah, we held what we called the how many more rally because we think we need to contextualize this properly. That's why when I call it slavery, I do that intentionally. We have a humanitarian crisis on our border. Anybody who claims that an open border is the humanitarian way to be has never been there, has never heard the stories, doesn't understand what's going on. The pictures exist if you can stomach them of young women in sexual slavery. The pictures exist of the decapitations, the tortures, the mutilations, the bodies found literally on Texas ranchers' property every single day. We have a humanitarian crisis at the border. The way to solve that is to close the border. That's really the only solution right now. That and I would argue full-scale military action against the cartels. Why? Let's talk about that for a second. What other nation with the amount of military prowess, well, at least we used to have, I don't, I mean, now apparently we are dancing queens. So with the military prowess that we used to have, what other nation would allow a foreign country to literally import this amount of poison into its populace? I mean, any, any other superpower in human history would have to be held back from going too far in response, too too punitive in response, creating too much of collateral damage of the private citizenry of this other country that likely had nothing to do with its government's unwillingness or direct culpability here. In this case, we, we, we can't be moved to action at all. Why? Yeah, I think there is a, a fundamental political reason, uh, especially on the left, but it exists somewhat on the right as well. On the left, it's all about voters and demographics, and their intent is to flood the entire country with illegal immigrants. They know that our citizens, because they're big-hearted citizens, they have no desire and never will have the desire to expel these people wholesale, whether that's the right or wrong thing to do legally, those images just wouldn't play in America. They also know that by recent court decisions, all of those people are going to be counted in the census. And then they count on all those people ultimately becoming voters, getting some form of amnesty so that the Democrats, the socialists, the Marxists can have permanent control of our government. That's the primary reason we're seeing what we're seeing right now. So I'm glad you brought that up. I got an email from somebody the other day uh, and, you know, I've made this argument so many times over the years because we've been arguing about this so many times over the years. But why don't we just make a compromise if you're here if, and have not committed any other crimes and you've been here for a certain amount of other time and you're absorbed into society, we'll just grant you amnesty. Anybody else has to be instantly deported. Who would be against that? And I said, well, I, I tell you what, I will I will accept your compromise that you're offering on one condition. If we let you stay, you never get to vote. That is the penalty 
for you breaking the law by coming here. All right. So there must that the penalty is therefore you get to stay, but you never get to vote. The, 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 the Democrats like the guy yesterday in Congress who said, basically, um, I have to I have to allow the sex trafficking of all these Hispanic kids because I want Consuela uh, to pick the fruit in my backyard. All right. What was his name? Hank Johnson. Was that his name, Aaron? OK, that yeah. guy. All right. Would you think that guy takes that deal? Does he really care that Consuela is picking the fruit in his backyard if she can't vote Democrat? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I, I doubt she I doubt he would take that. Suddenly, th- this would not be that humanitarian of, a, of, a, of an issue for him, I'm thinking. But what do you think? Yeah. And I, I actually agree with that deal. Look, again, I think we have to understand the political reality. Americans are not going to tolerate the wholesale expulsion of millions of immigrant families. And so I don't expect that to happen, whether we think that's right or wrong. And from uh, frankly, from a, a legal perspective, the right thing is they get expelled and they come in the proper way. But I don't think Americans are going to tolerate it. I think the deal you proposed is the best deal we're going to get. They can stay. They never get to vote. Democrats won't accept that because the goal is to overwhelm the system. Mm-hmm. They believe and I think they're right that if if the Democrats are credited with letting those folks in, they're going to vote Democrat for a couple of generations at least. So. In essence, we we don't have agency or representation, which is which is true of most issues, by the way. So we have one party that will just exploit this um, for sheer realpolitik. And then we have the other party that won't do a damn thing about it because their sugar daddies are profiting off of this. And we're just kind of we're caught in the middle over and over again, uh, doing dancing the time warp again. Yeah, I think that's generally true. And so what that means is states are going to have to take control. That was the purpose of the How Many More rally was to try to get the Texas legislature to do something meaningful. I thought maybe we had a chance of doing that. The bill that we had, HB 20, got gutted this week in the Texas legislature. You hear Governor Greg Greg Abbott talking about bringing in the National Guard. Uh, And that is literally like sticking a tiny Band-Aid on an, an arterial bleed he acts like a hero for doing it, but he didn't come out in favor of setting up a border protection unit. That, Like I said, that bill got gutted. It's actually now worse. It turns control from the governor over to local uh, jurisdictions. The big blue cities are mm-hmm. going to continue to foster unfettered immigration. We have a major catastrophe on our hands here in Texas, and that's going to bleed across the whole country. Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, who was, for lack of a better description, Trump's immigration czar for a while. He actually came out publicly and I don't know how else to describe it, Mark, but called your governor a liar. I don't know how else to describe it. Basically said, hey, I've known Greg Abbott for years. I like him. But what he's saying he's he's doing to cure the border crisis here on the Rio Grande is just this is just materially inaccurate. It's just not true. What were your did you see that? And if so, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, look, I, and I think Cuccinelli is a hero on this issue because he's speaking the truth. Greg Abbott is lying to the people of Texas, and he's lying in the sense that, you know, Tucker talked about in his recent video release. Well, he is definitely deploying National Guard on the border. It's just not going to make any difference. Mm-hmm. If you were to fact check it, the fact check is true. In essence, he's deploying those people. It will make absolutely no difference in the crisis. Didn't he declare an invasion shortly after the last election? He did declare an invasion. He's actually said that publicly twice. And then he hasn't done <coughs> all of the things, excuse me, that that would empower him to do. He should be seizing all assets. He should be naming the cartels as international terrorist organizations. He should be cracking down on the financial transactions coming across the border through all the fintech companies. There's a lot of stuff that Governor Abbott could be doing that he's just not willing to do.
So what is the critical mass here? Or is there one? Is there a critical mass where this becomes... I mean, I, I, had to, I have to stop myself as I even ask this question. I have sat here chronicling and proving statistically on this program, I don't know how many times, we have at least hundreds of thousands of unexplained excess deaths since the rollout of the, of the poison pokes. And really outside of one state, Florida's health department, there's been like almost, well, I take it back. Your attorney general actually just launched uh, a probe into this. And so outside of your attorney general, Ken Paxton, and the Florida Department of Health, there's been almost no intellectual curiosity about what happened to all these hundreds of thousands of people that, that, of excess deaths that are inexplicable, all these cancer deaths among uh, adults 25 to 54 that are abnormal. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there is no critical mass. Maybe there is no amount of, 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 you know, I think my buddy Chip Roy was on TV down at the border last year and a young girl got trafficked in the background while he was doing a live TV hit. So maybe there, maybe there's no amount of carnage. Maybe there's no amount of dead kid. We, we just watched people in Arizona say, you know what, I'm going to vote for Katie Hobbs because Carrie Lake said nasty things about John McCain. And I guess I'll risk Katie Hobbs letting my kid here in the suburbs of Phoenix and Scottsdale and Flagstaff uh, becoming the next uh, fentanyl addict that dies because she said mean things about John McCain. And so I guess I'll just put my kid up, you know, on the drug market. I mean, if, if that's where we're at, maybe there is no critical mass, period, that we, the bodies can just pile, the, the carnage can just continue. There is no critical mass as long as there's new episodes of Tiger King, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think what's pushing back the idea of critical mass is the mainstream media, which is completely complicit in this. If if you look at the entertainment complex, the tech complex, the political media complex, all of those obviously on the Democrat side, they're not reporting on any of this. They're not discussing any of this. There are great movies being made on the right and by Christians, by people who see the carnage at the border, but it's not bleeding into the broader population. So is there a critical mass? I think at some point there is. I saw there's an uprising on the south side of Chicago right now where they're trying to take over a local community school in a poor area and fill it with illegal immigrants. And those folks are rising up and saying no. So I do think that day is coming. I just don't know exactly when we pass that point. Final thing. I'm just going to give you an open floor here for about 90 seconds. If you had an audience with, and, and who would you want that audience with and what would you tell them to do? Yeah, I think what I would like to do is I would like to sit in front of Congress, uh, a joint session of Congress with the president there, and I'd like to make them look at the images and hear the stories that I've seen and heard over the last few weeks as we were preparing for this rally. Decapitated bodies, mutilated bodies, scalped human beings, dead bodies found on ranchers' properties, 800 of them in a limited sector just this year. And I would make them look at that. I'd make them listen to the stories of the fentanyl families, people who've lost loved ones, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, and children. And I'd make them sit there for hours on end. I, I think of a scene from uh, Clockwork Orange where the, the criminal's eyes were pinned open. And he was hmm. forced to watch this stuff. And then I'd ask them if they could continue to do nothing. And I think forced to watch all that stuff they just look away forced to watch all that stuff i think they would be forced to do something mark always good to see you, man thanks for the time let the audience know how they can learn more about convention of states yeah go to conventionofstates.com or follow me at mark meckler on twitter i'm back on twitter thanks to elon and now tucker all right good to see you man thank you thanks gentlemen your thoughts on that conversation other than uh someone needs to pay for this well that's which is an evergreen.
the same thing, I was going to say the same thing as you just got done talking about uh, at the top of the hour uh, regarding COVID. But he, I, I love the Clockwork Orange analogy. Um, and we've talked about things like that before. But the, the question is, if even that can move people at at this current time I, I i on every level i simply question if that's possible the 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 notion of him calling it what it is right at the outset that this is slavery in the movie this very thing your movie steve is highlighted mm-hmm. at what is going on i mean the nefarious just throws it back in james's face but nefarious lays out the fact that is are we just too far gone? Are we just we don't see it, we don't care about it. We 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 purposely live a lie for we can lie to ourselves that we either don't know about it after we or if we know about it, we don't have to care about it, but because we think it's somebody else's problem. Aaron, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, Steve, because somebody is going to pay for it. A lot of somebody's are going to pay for it because we're just not a serious country. The part of that conversation that sticks out the most to me is talking about, and I really can't disagree with him, where the electorate is on, on issues like this. There's no appetite whatsoever. And I think this has been known for quite some time. There's no appetite for people who are already here and ingrained in society or people who are freshly here and starting to get ingrained in society. There's no appetite to actually uphold the law. There's no appetite for actually holding a border. Okay? It's the bleeding heart that seemingly everybody has. Mm -hmm. That's just not a serious people. Not serious about governance, self-governance. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have, we're just not serious leaders. Greg Abbott, I said something that involved very horse or car, uh, coarse language to Todd off the air this week when this invasion, this is one of the low points this week of the southern border in recent memory, and that's saying something. Greg Abbott is just, what is he? A Republican. He, he's not worth a damn thing. So I bring a you Republican. glad. I, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, Steve. We are all, and we are all now, but especially now when th- this is seemingly hitting its low point, and there's just no appetite to do anything about it anywhere. Seemingly, we're all going to pay for it. So you reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. Here's the thing about Greg Abbott, though. They had a primary down there. Last year, he got 70% of did the they, vote, guys. Did they really have a primary? They did. They had 70% of the vote. So what is Texas? What's a Texan? You got 70%, guys. I know. 70. 70%. 70%. So, yeah. I mean, he's just another effeminate Republican, but what do you say about the 70% of the people that voted for him in the primary and the rest who couldn't even bother to vote out and come out and vote in the primary at all? It wasn't like they had nobodies. We had our colleague Chad Pray there. He only tours the country. You had Alan West there, former U.S. congressman, chairman of the Texas Republican Party. You had Don Huffines there. He's a wealthy guy, very active in Texas conservative yeah, politics. So, yeah. It wasn't like they just got, you know, these were just scrubs with, you know, uh, you know, um, at chat yeah. link blogs. So if okay. you can't make don't mess with Texan C, who are you going to make C? Agreed. That's why I'm beginning to think there just isn't a critical mass. There's just a, a rate of decay. That there is no point where the people are like, enough is enough. They, they just, the rate, it's just, we're managing, it's just managed decay. That's what's going on.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then find me over on Truth Social as well, at Real Steve Dace there. Those of you that listen to the podcast, we appreciate you. Please, if you wouldn't mind, show your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. And thank you to each and every one of you the thousands upon thousands that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one. Right now, though, you may not be appreciating your glasses all that much, particularly if you are struggling with your progressive lenses. What does that mean? You have left-wing glasses? No. What it means is they're a little far, a little near. That's what I'm wearing right now, in fact. And a lot of times, frankly, if you've got a problematic prescription you got to get the dorkier frames but not anymore with our friends over at better spectacles a conservative american company offering rodent stock eyewear that's the best from germany for over the last century and a half considered the gold standard and they make it so that you don't have to wear the dorky frames with your problematic prescription anymore. All right. If you want to get started with them and their outstanding team of optometrists, 61% off their eyewear plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames, great eyeglasses that change lives. Go now to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Once again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Well, we've been trying to make this happen for a while since this book came out last fall. A lot of you have requested this conversation. It's the latest bestseller from Jonathan Kahn, The Return of the Gods. And we welcome him here on a Theology Thursday to Blaze TV radio and podcast. Jonathan, Steve Dace here. It's a pleasure, brother. How are you? Great to be with you, Steve. Uh, I'm glad we could do it. We made it. I'm glad we could finally make it as well. So when we let's start at the top, which gods and what do you mean by returning? I thought we were on the right side of history. I thought we were enlightening, advancing. We were moving forward into an age of tolerance uh, and uh, progressive utopianism. So what would be returning? We're we're moving forward, uh, as Barack Obama said. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Utopia is a dangerous word. You know, it tends to go the other way. Um, we have uh, th- we have been regressing. And that's the whole point. We have what, what's happened is and the return of the gods is is opening up really a mystery that is literally behind everything that we're dealing with, tr- transforming our culture, transforming our children. What's been ha- the craziness that's been happening that even even secular people are saying, what is going on? This is radically strange. This is irrational. Um, and could it go back? Back to the ancient God, what the Bible calls gods, and what exactly are they? Uh, the thing is that that there's a, a warning that in the Bible that if any nation or civilization turns away from God or turns away, has been cleansed by God, has been, has been, has had its culture in a sense exercised of these things of paganism, if it ever turns back, if it ever turns away, what was cast out of it, it's coming back. See, the Bible says that the what what we call gods, or you know, they're not just fiction, but it says there's actually something spiritual behind them. Some uh, spirits, dark spirits. The word in Hebrew is shedim. 
in the Bible. It says they, they were worshiping the Shedim, means spirits, entities. And then it was translated into Greek. It became the word daimonia. We get the word demon from it. So the Bible says that very clear. And the entire ancient world and it was given to these gods, that means to these spirits. But what happened was, is basically Jesus happened. The, the gospel happened. It spread into the, the pagan world, the, the Roman Empire, and then to the world. And so what happened is it, it basically was a mass exorcism. That's what happened to Western civilization. That's why our civilization is so unique. It was the casting out of the gods, which means the casting out of the spirits. But the question is, what happens? Because if if behind the gods or these are spirits, then what happens to these spirits once they are cast out? Well, Jesus gives a, and this is just setting the stage, Jesus gives a parable which says that that if a spirit goes out of a man and it goes, look, comes, it doesn't find a place, goes back to the man, finds him basically empty, not, not filled with God, but empty, like an empty house. It says, I'm going to bring seven other spirits. They come back, repossess the man. The man is eight times worse than before. Now, people think about, they saw him just about a person, but actually the context is, it says, so it will be with this generation. And that's what goes to this warning. It's not just people who can be possessed. Cultures can be possessed. Hmm. They can be delivered and they can be repossessed. So the warning for America or the warning for the Western civilization is that, you know, here we were basically delivered from these things. But if we turn away from God, if we, we empty our house, our house is not going to stay empty. What was cast out of it will come back into it. And what we've been watching for the last basically half century in America and the West is that a, it's a process of repossession or pagan repaganization. And so th that's why it makes no sense. That's why it's crazy. But that's exactly the case. That is what we are witnessing. True or false, today's progressives are, are really regressives. We're not moving forward. They're actually sure. taking us back to a pre-Judeo-Christian understanding of of civilization, or basically pre-Christendom, pre-Western civilization. Um, there, this is more Druidic um, in, in origin. We've seen all this before, and there's nothing new under the sun. It's just in the West, these are things we have literally not seen for nearly a millennia. So it appears to be cutting edge, or um, it, it, you know, provocative, or trailblazing. When really, these are just the the kinds of of, of that St. Boniface encountered when he cut down Odin trees amongst uh, Vikings. There's, this, this is just, this is the original yeah. religious uh, ghetto that Christianity essentially cleaned out a millennia ago. Uh, totally true. I mean, and, and and absolutely profound. What we call new morality, we call wokeism, is actually paganism uh, in a in a revised form, in a, a neo paganism. And the thing is, but in some ways, it, but it's worse because what what the parable warns of is that when they come back, it's not one; it's it's eight of them, and so it comes back worse. So so actually, the parable says Jesus says the latter state will be worse than the first state. So in other words, the 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 post Christian state will be worse than the pre-Christian state. So it'll be a paganism, but more virulent. And the thing is that if you want to see a, a good case example of it, or two of them, one is Russia. You know, Russia turned away from its Christian foundations, embraced communism, was supposed to be secular. You know, supposed to be something that is neutral. Mm -hmm. It wasn't neutral. It wasn't that it was demonic. They killed millions of their own people. Demonic. The other case is, basic, is the land that brought the world the Reformation, Germany. What happened when they turned 
turned away from Christianity, from their Judeo-Christian roots. The, what happened was not, it was not secular. It was called National Socialism as if it was secular. It was demonic. It was Hitler. It was absolutely demonic. So the, the warning is it is a dangerous thing to, for a Christian civilization to turn away. It'll, it'll be worse than the pagan civilization that never knew God because it's, it's basically not, it's not just a pre-Christ, it's an anti-Christ thing going on. So it's even more dangerous. And the thing is now it's happening globally. It's happening in America, the West. It's not just one movement. It's not one party like the Nazis. It's happening all over. And where it's heading is dangerous. Is this why and I am saying things, Jonathan, I, I thought I'd never say some of the stuff I'm saying on my show out loud these days. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, um, we're, uh, you know, we're America, dude, kind of a kid from the 80s. And the idea that I would ever say, listen, I think Vladimir Putin's a terrible human being, a villain and a fiend, but um, he didn't try to poison me the last two years and tell me I literally, I literally couldn't buy or sell because that's what it means. If I don't have a job, I can't buy or sell. I literally can't buy or sell without taking their poke. Try, didn't, he didn't try to choke my children out, didn't lock me down, didn't destroy 10,000 family businesses as, quote, non-essential. Frankly, my own government right now is a bigger threat to me than whatever is going on in the Crimean Peninsula with Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Zelensky. See, I, when I got into this, I never in a million years envisioned I'd say something like that. OK, and yet mm. that is a that's that I, that's just the natural conviction I have in response to what I have witnessed the last few years. I've seen my own country and its own symbolisms and its 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 own institutions largely founded in my worldview weaponized against me. And um, and I just I don't have that benefit of the doubt anymore. And I there's a part of me that nostalgically feels frankly terrible about mm. that. And then the other part of me wonders, how else am I supposed to react to what I've actually witnessed the last last few years. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing because many of us grew up in a, a culture that we were told, you know, this is America, this is a Christian civilization. And we were the antithesis of the godless Soviet Union. And it's almost like as we started kind of fading out of that, that's when the doors were just open. And now America, that was actually was founded to be a basically a light to the world, to be a city on a hill but on biblical biblical principles and to be a kind of replanted uh, Israel, what's happened is now we are the leading nation and civilization that is actually spreading the, the, the most anti-Christian ideologies around the world. We are spreading, we're the ones who are spreading abortion. We're uh, basically pressuring the nations to do it. We're the ones who are, are, are spreading the degendering of children and all these things and um, that are basically were the antithesis of what was American. But that's what happens when there is a possession or a repossession. Um, that is what we are witnessing. And, it, and it's worse because, you know, if you look in the world, what's the leading nations or of all, in all these things and all these immoralities, it's the West. It's the same nations that knew Christianity because, because apostasy, again, is worse. So this is a, and it's gonna sound, it sounds dramatic, but it's absolutely the case. It is a repossession of our culture. And that's why when you look at people and say, how could this be America? How could people People be saying these things. It's I mean, it's irrational. But when when there's a possession, it's not rational. Jonathan Kahn is with us here on Theology Thursday, author of The Return of the Gods. I want to run something by you that my audience has heard a lot from me in the last mm -hmm. uh, year. And and, and, and it's the, the paradigm shift in the so-called culture war. The old culture war post 
Summer of Love, Woodstock, Counterculture, was essentially, I have the right to exploit the natural instincts, ambitions, desires, and drives that God has put in me beyond what God in society previously told me were the limits of it. I have the right to exploit those things and, and break free of those limits and guardrails, provided the people or party I'm doing it with are of consenting ability and they consent to it. Morality by consent, basically. And if, if, we're, if we're each consenting to engage in this, what previous generations called immorality, then it's not your business unless you can prove that what I'm doing is a direct harm to you. And then that would be the, that would be the typical argument of someone from the left. And the typical argument from someone from the right would be, well, there is a there is an, an, a being that does have governance over your conscience beyond consent. Your creator does. All right. And so this clash where both sides agreed that you had some form of agency and autonomy as an individual. But what were the limits on it? That was essentially the culture war argument in America for a generation. And that's the manifestation of sin when we seek to exploit what God puts in us beyond what God says to do with what he puts in us. What we're seeing now in, is this, in this new culture war, Jonathan, is we're not exploiting the nature that God made us in dangerous ways. We're denying it now. And, I, and, and I've, I've used a couple of examples. We've gone from, I'm scared to death, I'm going to catch my teenage son fornicating with his girlfriend in the basement, <laughs> to I can't get my adult son out of the basement. I can't get him to leave. I can't get him to grow up and move. We've gone from Gordon Gecko saying greed is good, um, just materialism for materialism's sake, no soul at all, total technocrat, to... I won't take any. I won't take any risk at all. I won't gamble on anything at all. I, 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 I'm the, I'm the, I'm the final servant in the parable of the talents. I took what you gave me and buried it, afraid of failing you and how you would punish me. And and we're denying our nature now. And to me, I don't think that's human sinfulness. I think that's demonic influence. I think on our own in our sinful hearts, we will seek to say we know better with how we were made and what to do with it than God does. But I think demonic influence is when we deny the image of whom we were made, we deny the, those instincts, those desires altogether. We're not exploiting them. We're not even utilizing them. We're denying them from the outset. Right now, Jonathan, there is a better chance in our country for the first time ever that a 25-year-old male is, is living at home still with one parent than he is living in another home with a wife and a kid. That's never happened in American history before. That's just one anecdotal example of what I'm talking about. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's really in, in many ways, it's it's one stage of the ultimate or, or a progression that begins. The first part that you said and absolutely opens the door for the second. For instance, you know, you look in the '60s and you have you know you have feminism, radical feminism, and all those things. Now you have the elimination of women. Now you have now you have the old school leftists or liberals are basically saying no, women actually exist, while the new school is saying no, they don't. Um, so it's it is a progression. You know, when the when these spirits come in and I, I would go with the same thing, the, you know, the 60s was a watermark in this. That, actually, that's when we started removing God, you know, one after the other. Well, when this happens, when this comes in, when it all begins, when they it is it is usually it's the name of tolerance. It's the name of anything goes. Let me do I'm going to do my own thing. And that's it. But then as it progresses and you look at look at the biblical paradigm of it, look at when these gods came in to Israel, it was basically, you know, do your own thing. Then when they, they basically became established, 
Then it was every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. That's another thing we're at. We're at a whole new stage here now, mm -hmm. from tolerance to cancel culture. You know, and that's what happens when these these spirits get in, or when these principalities get into a culture. What happens is that as they get strengthened, then it is tolerance is out the window. Now it's everything must, everyone must follow this way. So tolerance goes to canceling. So this is what I would say, Steve. Is you're, you're absolutely right. The thing is, but I mean, along with it. It is a more advanced stage. It's kind of like in the 60s, we open the door. Then these things get in, and then it becomes a whole other thing. So it's it's ultimately part of the same thing, but it's a, a an advanced radical stage that we have never seen before because we have never we have never allowed for it before, and this is the result. So this is since you brought up the examples of of Old Testament Israel. This is how we go from. Uh, syncretism, a little Baal, a little Jehovah, a little starry right. hosts. And then, another, and then the next generation is on their knees in the Valley of Ben-Hinnon, offering their children up to Molech in complete and total compliance, that the whole tolerance gambit was a scam to get you down on your knees in, in, in the Valley to the new God or, or, the, or the fake God, the demonic God, essentially. Total, totally, totally, totally. Because, you know, you're starting, think about it, you're starting with a Judeo-Christian civilization. I mean, never perfect, but it's a Judeo-Christian civilization. These entities that come in, these gods, just like with ancient Israel, but when they come in, these are basically pagan entities, if you, if you could call them that. And so there, the mission is to take a Judeo-Christian nation, just like you would take an individual and possess them, take a Judeo-Christian civilization and transform it into a pagan one. And you're never going to do it. I mean, you know, these things, if you came in the 1960s and said, hey, we're going to do this to your children, we're going to do this, we're going we're to mutilate them, we're going to do, that would never go. So it's just be open, be open. It was only to get in the door of a Judeo-Christian civilization. Once they're in, then yes, it just, as every knee will bow to bail no more tolerance because it's never about tolerance as it's a basically it's a strategy and so that so and and so you brought it up the three the very same entities that that came into ancient israel that was part of the fall and destruction of ancient israel you know, I, in, the, in the book, in the Return of the Gods, I call it the Dark Trinity, are the exact same that have come into America and the West. And it's in, it's in the exact order that the Bible says it. It's one after the other, but it, it is a progression. There is a strategy, there is a plan, and we have been just watching this unaware. It has transformed everything. Walk us through that progression, and what stage of it would you say we're at? Okay, the first of the dark trinity, and I'll, I'll, this is, of course, is a, I'll, we'll do it in a, the quickest nutshell I can do it. In the book is called the possessor. In Hebrew, the word was Baal. We get the word Baal. It means Lord, Master, Owner. And this is the one, the beginning. It's, he's always first. When a nation starts opening the door, this one comes in, and the, and the the whole point is to transform it. And basically, it says they forgot God because of Baal to make America forget God. Well, we're there uh, to overturn the the way of God happened in Israel, happening now, has been happening ever since the 60s. Also, it, it basically paganizes a nation, you know, we or a civilization. We, uh, you know, we speak about things that we don't even realize, like wokeism is part of this too. You know, when you have one God, you have one truth. But when you have many gods, you have many truths. Mm -hmm. You have basically, everybody has their own authentic truth. If a man says, I'm a, I'm a tree, well, then that's his authentic truth. That is wokeism. That's paganism. So it's been affecting us in a million ways. But the other thing is that 
that the sign of Baal was actually a molten bronze bull. Could I mean all over all over Israel? Could this appear in America? Go to New York City. Go down to the to the actually where the harbingers were, Lower Manhattan, and you will see a massive molten bronze bull. Not that they had any idea, but this is the biblical sign of a nation that has turned from God, has turned to the gods or to the possessor. There's so much more, but let me go right to the next one. Next one of the of the dark trinity is called the enchantress. It's a she. It's a goddess. Was was uh, in Babylon. She was called Ishtar in the Bible. She's called Ashtora in Greek. She in Greece she was called Aphrodite. This is the goddess of sexual, uh, unbridled sexual immorality. Basically, she was a prostitute goddess. And the thing is that that what would you expect, Steve? If the first the first thing early 60s we start taking God out. God's and here's the spirit of Baal driving God out of everything. Next thing we would expect to happen, it says always says Baal, then it says Ashtora or the goddess. Next thing we'd expect is a revolution in the realm of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what happens. Sexual revolution follows. This is literally, and as you said at the beginning, this is not progressivism. This is pagan values concerning sexuality. She was a prostitute. A prostitute takes sex out of the home, out of marriage, and puts it into the culture, sexualizes the culture. Well, that's what's been happening to America. She was called in ancient times, in ancient Greeks, she was called porne because that means that's the word for prostitute we get the word pornography she's actually the inventor of pornography it all comes from her and the same time you look at the the ancient pornography in on planet earth is from her but the other thing is that she also weakens marriage destroys marriage that sort of process so we've been watching this whole thing happen next thing i'm going real fast because i can only touch on, the, on a nutshell but the next one is called the destroyer and this is the one that caused the israelites or caused actually caused the pagan world to offer up their children as sacrifices. Well, you know, the thing is that that when Israel turned away from God, that's what they did. You just mentioned Valley of Hinnom. And the thing is that, so like clockwork, you have Baal turning away the turning. You have Ashtorah, the sexual revolution. And then at the end of the 60s comes into America abortion. We are doing the same thing. We are the most pagan act. It is not progressive, it is pagan. And the thing is that, you know, Jesus said when they come back, they come back worse. And the thing is that with that is that when they come back, you know, we have killed, you know, we have killed 64 million children. Israel killed a few thousand, you know. So this is worse, and I won't go into it, but when I when I looked at the way they actually offered up their children in these sacrifices to the God, what happens is that it, you find the exact same parallel in abortion today. Let me just throw in one thing, Steve, and I know, you know, with that goes where we are. Uh, the the other thing is this: when this this goddess or the enchantress sexual revolution, when as she takes possession of a culture, something darker begins to happen. This is where we are now. It, I looked at her ancient inscriptions, and it says she says, "I am a man. I am a woman." It says, you great goddess, you have the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. Hmm. So now we are witnessing the darker work. And this is this wasn't in the beginning, it's now. And this is this is the destruction of gender. It is the she merges gender, merges male and 
female, female and male. She destroys it. Androgyny. I mean, her, her ancient, she had an ancient priesthood. They were men dressed up as, as women. They walked around her temples. People brought their children to see them. Well, it's all back. You know, she actually transitioned, surgically transitioned some of her priests. You know, so this is the, this is all this. You said, you know, he comes as this is new. This is ancient. And the thing is that it's just revived. And the other thing is she had one month of the year that was specifically she possessed a culture. It was basically the month of June. It's back. Hmm. Also, her sign, one of her signs was the rainbow. And so, so I mean, it, it, this, Steve, this is so big. It is so big. It is so pervasive. Even it even gives it determines the dates of Supreme Court decisions. It is affecting everything. And the gods are always after the children, because when they have the children, they have the culture. Name of the book. The Return of the Gods, although I know a lot of you have read it already, looking at my inbox since it came out last fall. Jonathan Kahn, incredible conversation, brother. Thank you very much for joining us. We definitely want to do it again sometime. All right. God bless you. Thanks. You keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Well, that was a Theology Thursday. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, it's an amazing companion piece to the book that your movie is based on. I mean, they're just... They're talking about the exact same thing. And I sit here and I think about it all the time. What, you know, if this is true, you're, you're left thinking, you know, what can men do against such reckless hate? Uh, the answer uh, from Aragorn is, is right out from me, with me in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, you got, we have to, we have to fight it. There's no out short of fighting it. Fighting it may still lose, and in the end, in that movie, fighting re uh, required a uh, a miracle uh, with the uh, return uh, of Gandalf. But I don't. I, I really spend time daily thinking about you know the the moving pieces of my life, uh, taking care of my children, where where they go go to school, possibly buying a new home. You know, when when this is the reality that we are fighting against. I, it, it, I, I don't feel, I don't feel helpless, but I feel like that we're, the, the, the rules of the current game are utterly irrelevant to the task at hand. And therefore, you know, you, you it's just, how, how alone are you? And how much outside of the box much must you start thinking in terms of the things you are going to live? Uh, you know, off the grid kind of thinking. One thing I, I really appreciate about my pastor is he specifically mentions what is going on in our culture right now. In recent weeks, I can think of two occasions where he specifically has mentioned, I believe, a drag queen story hour and the rise of transgenderism, specifically, like calling it out. And he just this last Sunday called it specifically evil. Now, in, in past times, we wouldn't even know what, what the hell a transgenderism is. And in past times, it would not require a helmet sticker for a pastor to call something out like that as mm -hmm. evil. Mm -hmm. But in this day and age, I'm thankful that I have a pastor who is willing to do that. But each time he calls this out, he's very specific to mention Yes, we need to confront that. But at the same time, it's not an either or thing. I feel like 
can't remember who, who, who we had on, I think, earlier this week. It's not an either-or thing. I think even pastors who stand for something in our culture and in our country, who stand for something, still tend to fall into one or two ditches. It's just discipleship within the church, or it's, or it's just cultural engagement outside the church. It must be both. You must repent of your own sins. You must, you must get into your Bible. You must go down the road of sanctification and you must confront the culture at the same time. Amen. That, that is a prerequisite. That's the true meaning of discipleship. That's what I think it was Jack Hibbs earlier this week. That is the true meaning of a discipleship. I think there is a tendency within the church, even in good churches, to think discipleship just means growing in piety. That's maybe part of it, but it's not all of it. Mm. If you want the antidote to that, get in a church that understands this. This seems like a good time, based on what Jonathan just said, to remind you about our friends over at Preborn who have been on the ground fighting for the babies and their mommies for a long time. Uh, we have a goal this year at The Blaze to help them save 70,000 babies in 2023. And here's how they do it. Uh, they show moms the ultrasound of their babies. And what they find is a little over 80% of the time, their conscience is convicted that they can't follow through on killing their child once they are confronted with the knowledge and the confirmation that that's a real live being that they are carrying. But they understand that that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the biggest battle, but the war's not over. Uh, they care for these moms uh, with uh, postnatal care, everything from car seats to counseling as well. All of this is free of charge, provided they have support from people like us, all right? So if you want to provide them that support, help us save those 70,000 babies this year, just dial 250, pound 250 on your mobile phone and say the keyword baby. Pound 250 on your mobile phone and say, the keyword baby or you can go to preborn.com slash steve that's preborn preborn.com slash steve remember your love has the power to save lives when you go to preborn.com slash steve after listening to jonathan for about 20 minutes i just had no other reaction other than revival or bust yeah that's just saying the current playing field, the way people sense the boundaries, the rules, the games, mm -hmm. it's it's a whole different ball game that's really mm -hmm. going on over here, and we're lost over here in tiddlywinks. Three non-political questions are next. If you are looking for education options for your children, first of all, let me pause right there. If you're not looking for education options for your children, you should be. But if you are among those looking for options, look no further than our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. They have perfected online learning, offering live on-demand homeschool courses, K through 12, in a real virtual classroom environment with real teachers uh, other students in the virtual classrooms alongside you uh, and your child. Uh, and they're built on Judeo-Christian values, master of subject matter, not being subjected to being mastered. Uh, and also teaching your kids how to think, not what to think. In other words, this is the way that the founding generations of the country were educated. All right. And so right now, if you want to join up, 
it's outstanding. My son Noah went to Freedom Project Academy for a couple of years. I know the people who helped start this academy as well. We met each other fighting uh, as uh, side by side against Common Core back in the day. You can save 10% on tuition right now if you enroll at freedomforschool.com. That's F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. Maybe you're thinking, hey, can I just get some information maybe, and then I'll make that decision. You bet. Go to freedomforschool.com, get a free information packet as well. Free information packet as well when you go to freedomforschool.com. It's time now for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed it is. And so for that, we welcome in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. I have a little bit of a cold, but I'm struggling. It's allergy season, so... Indeed, it is allergy season, but you look good. Thank you. I tried to like paint my face to make it look like I didn't look like I was dead. Even though you're kind of sounding like you want to be. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> I haven't spoken much today. Now that I'm listening to myself talk, I kind of hate it. And so. <laughs> literally, when you get done with this, what are you going to do? I'm going to go home and take a nap. Might eat some Subway first and then take a nap. All right. So what do you got for us for three non-political questions this week? All right. First up is if you could pick... Wow, I threw out sound so bad. Okay. <laughs> if you could pick a new golden rule, what would it be? A new golden rule, what would it be? I know exactly. Okay. What is it? this is. This is what uh, Pedro Gonzalez tweeted about this morning. A uh, friend, I, who is he with? I can't remember, but he tweeted Chronicles about Chronicles Magazine. Chronicles, thank you. Yep. Um, live, real life streamers should be given capital punishment. I'm good with that. They basically go around and just try to get a rise out of people. Oh, okay. There's a whole genre of that on YouTube, and it is anathema to anything that, to humanity, especially not to mention, you know, manhood, actual manhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, So capital punishment for that. You're just going around pissing people off to get a rise out of them for clicks on YouTube and TikTok. Capital punishment. That is the golden rule. Todd, what about you? (laughs) That is all classic golden rules end and the death penalty (laughs) oh uh well let's go with all these big goodies uh return i'll even let steve pick the date he can help me with this but return the landscape of college football pick your year pre 2020 just and the rules forevermore none of this name image and likeness none of this garbage it's ruining it we all know it no everybody else is too crack-headed about it to do anything about it say anything about it you can pick the year steve but this this insanity ends because it's insane and it's going to kill it all pick a year pick it can go 1950 i'm pretty partial to 1997 okay i like that, I like that year a lot but that's, I mean, that's your year, but it has nothing yeah. to do with the, 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 I just, the rules of the game, whatever, you know, they still have Keith Jackson rocking yeah, the mic. There we go. Yeah. It, it just stays that way. Okay. Time caps online. I, I am, this is a hard question for me to answer because I, I know I should come up with something morally upright, you know, 
but I'm extremely tempted to kind of go down the road that you yeah, just did. Yeah, but in that, we, we have all the rules we need on moral that, uprightness. So we just what? ignore them. Thank you. We don't need that, to That's a good point. Stuff. And you know what? I shouldn't feel like I, it's my place to be rewriting or exactly. any of those anyway. So you know what? I like that. I do. So in that vein. I got you. All right. In that vein, the golden rule is no Star Wars or DC Universe movie scripts can go into production without my explicit approval first. I have to, I, that's the new golden rule. If you are going to make a Star Wars movie or a movie with a DC comic, comic books character, I have to approve of your shooting script before filming cinematography begins. Steve Dace from Des Moines, Iowa has to have yes. final approval on these I get big final pictures. approval. I do. Yep. Yes. And pop culture will be so much better for it and will be thanking me afterwards. All they need is just a little little spice from Steve Dace <laughs> and the game is completely changed. The movies that we've been making for years and years, all they need is just a little. Yep. Steve yep. Dace. Yep. I mean, Fair but but enough. here's the thing, it's not because I'm special, it's because they suck. Like that that would be true of what anybody. If that's on, the golden rule right there. <laughs> that would be true of it. Anybody on this set could have made that. Almost everybody in this audience could could if if we just would have ran it by them first, okay? Mhm. And said, "What do you think?" Uh so the emperor's back. We're not going to explain how. And we're going to have one of the actors from Lost come on the movie and he's that's his one throwaway line is to make a reference to it and then we don't know why he's in the movie the rest of the way. That's 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 we're going out like that. That's what we're doing. No, we're not doing that. You're an idiot. We're not doing that. We're not doing that movie. No, we're not. But we no. did. But we did. Yes, and here we are. And did you guys, if you guys in, along those lines, let me share this with you guys. Uh, Trey, or Trey, Clay Travis just uh, tweeted this out a little while ago. Disney stock down massively today as the collapse of cable and satellite combined with the end of streaming growth has Disney screwed in both directions. Only their amusement parks are saving them right now. The 10-year growth chart shows almost no growth in their stock for 10 years at all. Um, what is it since last year? They've lost like 6 million Disney Plus subscribers, I think I saw. So 4 million last year, 2.4 million so far this year. Speaking of Star Wars... This is a headline from the Babylon Bee. Feinstein says a recent Jedi attempt on her life has left her scarred and deformed. <laughs> All right, question two. Okay, the second question. Here we go. Okay. What is something that you are still hoping to accomplish in your life? Um, making a movie that pays my investors back. I'm still hoping to accomplish that. Todd. <laughs> I just got really silent in here. Oh, got awkward. Got really quiet in A little here. personal, a little bitter. But yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm still hoping to accomplish. Yes. Todd. Mm. Gosh. I don't think running for office really is on the list anymore. I really don't. No. I mean, it's still... The opportunity arose, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a must. And it goes to what I was saying earlier about the game... The, you know the rules of the game what are we doing here uh boy it, it's it's and travel doesn't seem like an accomplishment no I see you're not so. i mean no. that's like good, good. felt like an accomplishment two or three years ago just, brother you know what i'm saying so many of the things i think i would have said have just gone by the wayside in the last 
five years. I mean, yeah. I've really, and I've got, I, I've accomplished way more things in life. I mean, I always wanted to do this kind of job. I'm doing it. I wanted to be an umpire. I did it. I wanted to write. I've done that. I, so it's not, it's a great question. I th- I actually feel like maybe I need to like reboot. Uh, maybe that's it. I, 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 I got to find a new next thing or do I, I don't know. I mean, I'm already I feel like I'm on the couch here. I'm a, I, I already had taxes basically wipe out my author bonus. I'm, I mean, I, I, I could conceivably be the first author ever to sell the movie rights to his book and make no money off of it. So could I, could we, which you guys know, and you know from growing up with me, I don't really spend a lot of time about caring about being rich, but I would like to not also suffer the indignity of my investors not getting paid back at the exact same time. Like if our movie sucked, then, you know, it wouldn't bother me, but except I know the movie is really good. So that's why I said that. I want to build a massive koi pond in my backyard, complete with a waterfall. I wanted to do this for a long time. I wanted to have a, you know, a backyard. Now that I've got one, I would like to have... And I'm not talking about one of those like five-by-five-foot koi ponds. I'm talking about one that's like three or four feet deep. That's like maybe 150, 200 square feet, complete with a waterfall. I would like eventually to transform my entire backyard into like a... Crap! Am I at a botanical garden here? You ever been to the Des Moines Botanical Garden? It's yeah. basically if you've if you've not been there, if you're, it's basically a giant greenhouse. I'm sure if you're in a mid-sized city, you've got something similar. A bunch of exotic plants. You know, it's there's only so much I can do. But transforming a backyard into like where am I? Uh, that would be super cool. And I think a centerpiece of that would be a nice <laughs> koi going. pond <laughs> with with. With those huge goldfish, I think they're actually carp or some sort of carp, but those massive goldfish. I'm not talking about the little ones like this big. I'm talking about the massive ones that are like 10 pounds. I want that in my backyard. I want, I want a bridge over the koi pond, just like they have at the botanical gardens. I love love detail. I want this segment to end with him just talking. And He's then still I, going. And then on the overtime, it picks up and it's just seamlessly in. <laughs> That is one of the greatest rants in the history of this show right there. Tell me you wouldn't want a massive koi pond in your backyard. I've never even heard the term in my life a until just pond? now. Never it's heard a, it. It's a pond for small but not small small but not like fish tank small fish. Todd's like, I, I think my previous existential quest is going to be unrealized. I'm not sure what to replace it with. I'm like, I would like to have my... Uh, investors paid back millions of dollars and Aaron comes out with koi pond. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would be fascinated in an alternate universe if the three of us lived next door to each other. We're neighbors but didn't know each other professionally and how I mean would we constantly be looking at each other with that WTF gif like what is this about? Who's more likely to answer the door? <laughs> Me or Aaron? <laughs> Because Anna knows we almost never answered the door. We used to like hide when we were kids. Like the doorbell would ring and we'd all would like oh hide God. and stuff like behind <laughs> the couch. Finding a, so an true. even newer and more profound respect for the daces right now. <laughs> That's Don't do. answer the door. You never know who's there, man. All right. And it's tough to tell those little kids no, man, on those uh, popcorn drums. That's why they keep coming to your door. You know, you want to break their little hearts. So the best way to avoid doing that is just... Don't answer the door. 
nobody's feelings get hurt. Before we get to the final question, um, a word from our friends at Relief Factor. If you're struggling with chronic pain, this is pain that comes from too much inflammation in your body, uh, take a look at Relief Factor. It's just 20 bucks to try it for three weeks. It's their three-week starter uh, and or three-week kickstart. And there's a reason why. About 70% of the people who try it end up sticking with it long-term because of the results they see in three weeks or less. It's drug-free, but it was a formula, or it is a formula created by doctors who can prescribe drugs goes right after the inflammation in your body to help you with that chronic pain once and for all if you have tried everything and the struggle is real and continues give relief factor a shot what do you got to lose for three weeks for 20 bucks see if you don't see a difference in your chronic pain in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com or you can call them at 800 for the number four this time 800 for relief again that is 800 for relief all right anastasia last question my last question is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given Best piece of advice I've ever been given um, saved my career. My very first radio job was at a sports talk radio station when you were a baby here locally, and it went into uh, bankruptcy and was very stressful and everybody involved. And uh, the guy who got appointed interim general manager, the bank would literally make him come up with like a um, expansion team list every Friday of who it was okay to fire or lay off. You know, and these people have families and everything else. And so he's stressed out and I'm stressed out. And uh, him and I got into an argument during commercial break and, uh, and out in the parking lot, actually. And he fired me and then told me to go back on the air and finish my shift, you know. And, and I was going to go back on the air, man, and, and just lay down some ordinance, okay. And then just something told me to get a second opinion. And I called one of the local sports guys who I was friends with at the time named Keith Murphy. I called him and I'm like, Hey man, I just got fired. Here's what happened. What should I do? He said, whatever you do, if you're going to go back on the air, just finish your show like you normally would and be professional. If you, if you go off, you'll never work ever again. And so I went against my own instincts to go off and I did what he said. I just went on the air, finished my show like normal. Didn't even hint that it was at the end. Went and packed up my desk and went home. And that advice, if I had not followed it, I would, or received it, I would have, I would not be sitting here today. I mean, I would have flamed out a lot earlier than I likely still will. It's just a matter of how much longer I can tarry forth. Todd, what about you? Hmm, I think um, advice... It wasn't new to me, but it was codified in a way that it just constantly comes back to as much as anything you've ever said, Steve, is uh, never accept the premise. There's no, you, you, you have all kinds of reasons when you're younger that you think you have to at least temporarily play the game, things like that. It's like, just never accept the premise of your opponent when it when it's, it's particularly when it's clear that they are not uh on the up and up mm-hmm. i think the best piece of advice anybody ever gave me was ironically also the worst piece of advice that person probably ever gave but it was good for me i, I shadowed a local talk show host here when i was younger here in des moines and i asked him what do i need to do to like 
get a job in this business and hold on to it. And he said, make yourself indispensable. And it's probably the worst piece of advice that that person has ever given, because now he has to sit through endless monologues on koi ponds (laughs) on his show, (laughs) on his own show. I I had forgotten about that, actually. You're right. I had forgotten about that. That was pretty good advice. Oh, I used gosh. to be smart. I used to be smart. I'm not. I'm not that. Disney, call him. <laughs> yes. Uh, just. He's pretty smart. Yes. You uh, heard it here. Smart with the A, like we used to say when you were little. Smart with the A. That's right. Let me approve all your scripts. Your stock value can't do any worse than what it's doing right now. Right? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, princess, go home, get a rest. Thank you. All right, thank you. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you'll be able to watch it later today. That's also where you can become a Blaze TV subscriber today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace for the rest of you. We'll see you manana. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.